Welcome to the OT Potential Podcast, where each week we review one influential OT-related journal article. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Sarah Lyon, OTRL. I know that as occupational therapy practitioners, you have tons of urgent things that vie for your attention each week. So I'm so glad that you are taking time from your busy OT life to join us today and keep up on something that is really important, which is evidence-based practice in OT. It is a beautiful day here in Aurora, Nebraska, but it is also a little riddled with emotion because today is one of our last days of summer. School starts next Monday and my firstborn little baby will be going to kindergarten. So I'm really glad I'm not recording this podcast next Monday because there would probably be some tears and sniffles. It has been a fun week at OT Potential. We released a blog post that we've been working on for a while which is how to make your OT resume stand out. This was a pretty massive update that we did to an older blog post uh, where we included a lot more information about current best practices in creating an occupational therapy resume. And I also included two examples of resumes. One was a variation of what mine looked like when I was a new grad. Lots of uh, therapists have questions about how to write a resume when you actually don't have occupational therapy work experience. So we have an example of that. And then I also have my current resume, which is a good example for those of us who are trying to summarize a lot of diverse work experience onto one sheet of paper. So if you need some assistance or inspiration for your occupational therapy resume, I encourage you to check out our blog post. Now, if you've been following the OT Potential podcast, you know that we cover a variety of journal articles. And to me, definitely some of the articles feel more weighty, some feel complex, some feel more technical. And for me, this article that we're reviewing this week was, dare I say, fun. The topic that we're going to be covering is how time of day impacts the care that is given in a healthcare system. And that might seem like a really benign topic, but there's actually a lot of really interesting research about how time of day impacts human behavior and therefore impacts how our institutions work. And so I'm excited to dive into this article with you. The title of our article is Weekly Variation in Healthcare Quality by Day and Time of Admission, a Nationwide Registry-Based Prospective Cohort Study of Acute Stroke Care. This journal article was found in the journal The Lancet, and the impact factor of The Lancet is 59.1. When I read that impact factor, I literally sat back in my seat. I was literally taken aback because it is such a high impact factor. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know that usually the journals we look at have an impact factor around like three to four, uh, maybe 11 is the highest that we've had recently. So to have an impact factor of 59 tells us that this is one of the most prestigious, influential journals that is in circulation. And if occupational therapy is mentioned in this hugely prestigious journal, that is something that as healthcare practitioners, we want to be aware of. The article was published in 2016, and it ranks 26 on our list of the 50 most influential OT-related articles. 
which now that I'm thinking about it, I always mention our list of the 50 most influential OT-related articles on the podcast. And there is actually a blog post that lays out these 50 articles. If you've ever heard me say that and wondered uh, what that list actually looks like, you can find that blog post on otpotential.com. So let's dive into this journal article. We all know how difficult it is to establish best practices for the treatment of a diagnosis. But even after best practices are established, there are more obstacles to come in actually implementing them. And one of these obstacles that can seem totally benign but actually plays a big role in healthcare delivery is timing. As I mentioned in the intro, humans just have natural times of the day when we have peaks and slumps, and so that, of course, translates into institutions. So this particular article looks at how the time of day at which a patient is admitted to the hospital impacts the overall quality of care that is received. So two specific temporal effects that this study sought to look deeper into were the weekend effect, which is the association of poorer care quality and outcomes for patients who are admitted on the weekend versus those who are admitted during weekdays. And the second is the off-hour effect, in which patients admitted outside of usual working hours which is typically in the evening, receive poorer care than those who are admitted during regular hours. So there is evidence for both of these effects in many studies that look at lots of diagnoses. This is not specific to stroke. But the authors of this study postulated that the previous body of research may be oversimplifying the effects of time. So what they did was they looked at the quality of health care both over days of the week and by times of the day. Typically, the research had been looking at just like weekend versus weekdays or daytime versus evenings. But this study tried to layer all of those together. So taking this more complex full picture view of temporal variation, they found that the weekend effect and off hour effect were actually oversimplifying that there are even more patterns of temporal variation, and they identified four main patterns that they saw in their research when they were looking at 12 areas of care. The first pattern that they saw was a diurnal pattern, which is variation across the time of day. I definitely had to look up the word diurnal, um, and it comes from the same Latin word as day and daily. So like I just mentioned, it indicates that uh, time of day really matters. But what the study found was this not only entailed differences in daytime versus nighttime patterns, but for some areas of care, patients in the morning receive quicker interventions than those admitted in the afternoon. And we'll talk more about that in a little bit. The second pattern was day of the week variation. So variations in quality of care not only varied from weekdays to weekends, as we had previously talked about, but with therapy in particular, those who were admitted on Fridays were the least likely to receive an eval within 72 hours than on the other days of the week. The third pattern was that standard combination of poorer care being delivered overnights and on weekends, and there were certain areas of care where that kind of stereotype did hold true. And the last pattern was a sequential change in quality in both day and time. 
So in some areas of care, the areas showed a sequential pattern of improving across the weekdays than decreasing on weekend. So you were less likely to receive timely care on a Monday when the hospital is extra busy. But then as the week progressed, your likelihood of receiving timely care increased with each day until it hit the weekend and it saw a slump again. So basically, this study showed that yes, time of day matters, um, but it's really complex and the impact of time varied according to what area of care that they were looking at and that just simplifying it and thinking of weekends and overnights being the worst really doesn't capture the data that we're looking at. So you might be asking what areas of care were they looking at in this study? So let's dive in a little bit more to the details about the study. This study looked specifically at the care delivered to patients admitted to the hospital with acute stroke in England and Wales from April 2013 to March of 2014. The cohort was comprised of 74,307 patients. Again, this was another number that kind of took me back in my seat because this was such a large study. We haven't seen numbers anywhere close to the 74,000 numbers in the studies that we've looked at. This is by far the largest study that we've looked at so far on the podcast. And they were able to pull such good data because in the UK, they do have national guidelines for stroke care, and the data from each stroke patient is kept in kind of a national registry. So they had a really robust database to be looking at here. There were seven indicators of quality care that they looked at. One was receiving a brain scan within one or 12 hours of admission. I remember noting that one or 12 hours was a seemingly odd criteria. I actually didn't look deeper into that, but I assume that there were two healthcare tracks that a patient should be put on, one where they get a brain scan right away or one where they get one at 12 hours. Um, the second was direct admission to the stroke unit within four hours. Third was the administration of intravenous thrombolysis with alteplase. The fourth was a door-to-needle time of less than 60 minutes for patients treated with alteplase. Fifth was dysphagia screening within four hours. Sixth was reviews by a stroke specialist, physician, and nurse within four hours. And seventh, which is the therapy-related one, is assessment by physiotherapy, occupational therapy, and speech therapy within 72 hours. Now, there were a lot of sophisticated ways that they manipulated the data around these 12 care areas. For example, if the patients weren't appropriate for therapy, the statistical analysis accounted for that. So I encourage you to actually check out this article if you're interested in the data manipulation. I do want to note that the fatality rates of stroke were actually higher on weekends and off hours, which plays into the idea of the weekend effect and the off hours effect. But the statistical analysis that they did was able to primarily account for that variation in fatality rates based on the severity of the patients that were admitted at those times. So in other words, patients had a tendency to be more unwell when they were admitted in the evening. They didn't give a reason for that in the article, and I hesitate to give a reason without actually doing research, but I guess that just made sense to me. I think of the times in the middle of the night when I've thought about whether I should go to the hospital, and in my mind, I'm always like, I will wait till the morning. 
So that makes sense to me that in the evenings that the patients who make it to the hospital have waited longer and might be in a worse condition than those patients that present during the day. So let's zoom in on how occupational therapy was involved in this study. As I mentioned, assessment by an occupational therapist within 72 hours of admission is one of the standards for stroke care in the UK and was measured for this study. For each of the areas of quality of care, the authors used the data to create heat maps of when provision of the care was most variant. They have a really cool graphic for this in the article that I encourage you to seek out if you want to learn more. But basically throughout the day on Friday, you can see some really dark red spots, which indicates that the care was more variant at that time meaning that those patients who were admitted at that time were least likely to receive an OT evaluation within 72 hours, which again, just anecdotally makes sense to me. I think about our patients who come in on Friday afternoons and you already have a stacked schedule. Everyone's trying to get out the door for the weekend. And then once you head into the weekend, occupational therapy care is usually pretty spotty. So lots of times those patients aren't seen until Monday and that 72 hour window lapses. If you look at all three rehabilitation disciplines, PT, OT, and SLP, they all show the same pattern of Friday being the time of admission when rehab is least likely to be delivered within 72 hours. But within the three rehab disciplines, PT showed the lowest level of variation, which again, anecdotally makes sense to me. There's usually stronger PT staffing than there is OT and SLP. Occupational therapy was in the middle, and then speech therapy actually had the highest degree of variation, which again, anecdotally makes sense to me because there are usually less SLPs than OTs in the settings that I have been in. So what were my takeaways for occupational therapy from this study? Um, these are my own takeaways. Sometimes I derive the takeaways right from the discussion of the articles, but what I'm about to lay out is just kind of my own personal musings. Um, and I also want to say that this article definitely contributes to a growing body of literature about how timing of day impacts individuals as well as institutions. And there is a popular book that is out right now, which is by Daniel Pink, and it is called When, The Scientific Secrets to Perfect Timing. And this is a book that I've talked about with friends. I've heard Daniel Pink interviewed on a podcast, and he is definitely the one that got me excited about this topic. And it was fun to see one of our occupational therapy articles aligning with this really popular body of research right now. So my takeaways from this article are based not only on this article, but also just this growing awareness of how temporal variation really does just impact us as humans. So my first takeaway is just on a department level, we need to be thinking about how timing impacts our ability to provide the best care possible to our patients. As I mentioned, for the OT patients who were admitted on Fridays, these were the least likely group of patients to receive an eval within 72 hours. We know this is best practice. It's best practice for a reason because there is evidence behind the importance of that early eval and the early OT intervention. 
and we obviously do not want to be selling patients short just because they had a stroke on Friday instead of a Monday. So it might be worth taking this data and looking at how your department is staffed, particularly on Fridays. Does your department need someone to stay until six o'clock on Fridays just so you're for sure able to get those people in to be seen by OT if they are admitted on a Friday morning? And even though this study is particular to stroke patients, I think that whatever setting you work in, this data could be a basis for thinking about how time of day impacts the care that your department is providing. So if timing is important in the care that you're providing, to make sure that there's policies in place and the staffing in place to make sure that patients are being seen when they need to be seen. Okay, my second takeaway is that from a practitioner level, we should be thinking about when our personal peaks are during the day and when our low points are during the workday and planning accordingly. We all have a natural rhythm during our workday. For many people, they're performing their best mid-morning around 10 o'clock. There's a natural slump for many of us after lunch. And we should be taking this into account as we're thinking about when we do our work. If we have something that's really important, a really complex patient that we're seeing, or a really touching meeting, it is probably not best to schedule that right after lunch. Um, that seems silly to be thinking about the timing of when things are scheduled, but the data around it is really compelling and something to just start being aware of. And my third takeaway comes from the patient level, that we should be aware that our patients also go through this natural peaks and slumps, and that can be even more exasperated by the fact that they may not feeling well. So again, if you have a patient where today for their treatment, it's really important that you really want them to be able to reach their peak performance. Um, it might be best to see those patients mid-morning. And for a less involved patient, that could be a great patient to see right after lunch. I think as we think about our practices, we can definitely think about patients who we notice their natural rhythms. Maybe they are not morning people, or maybe they get really extra sleepy in the afternoons. So this might be something that we're used to accounting for anyway, but is something that we could probably all be more intentional about. Okay, that is all that I have for you on this article today. Again, I just thought this was a fun topic, and as you might be able to tell, it's just one that I am naturally interested in. I know that I'm personally interested in the little hacks, little things I can be doing to maximize and enjoy my day. And timing is a really simple thing, but also a really powerful uh, thing that we can be manipulating. So I'm really excited to discuss this article more with some of you. As you may or may not know, the OT Potential podcast is an extension of the OT Potential Club, which is our online journal club. And the online platform is really where these article reviews come alive. I have a written version of my overview, and then there is a forum where we discuss what we're seeing in the research. And it's where you really get an idea of how the research is playing out in different people's practices and what works for clinicians or the challenges that they're seeing. And again, I'm just really thankful to the members of our journal club and how generous they are in sharing and the really great knowledge that they contribute to the discussion each week. 
If you're interested in learning more about the OT Potential Club, you can go to otpotential.com club. Right now, you can sign up for the OT Potential Club for our founding member price, which is $25 a year. We are anticipating at the end of September, we're going to be raising that price. But if you sign up now, you'll be locked in at $25 a year for as long as you keep your subscription active. So I think this founding member price is an awesome deal. And I'm just so thankful to the people who were early adopters and joined us in this journal club early on. And since we do add new content each week, the club has just naturally become more and more valuable. So again, I encourage you to check it out. Thank you all for joining me today and give great care this week.